0: Hey, it's Nick from 50 Campfires. I'm going to assume that you understand what the sharing economy is. Platforms like Airbnb, Uber, and bicycle sharing are changing the way we see and visit the world. Things that seemed almost impossible a decade ago are now standard ways of traveling and getting around. I had the opportunity to speak with an entrepreneur named Joel Holland. Joel is the CEO of Harvest Hosts a digital platform that's designed to connect RVers with more than 600 farms, wineries, breweries, and other private locations around the country. It's a really great idea. Joel shared what makes Harvest Hosts so unique, why he left his job in the city, and what's next for RVing and camping. Enjoy.
1: So Harvest Hosts is a membership program that connects RVers with a network of about 600 farms, breweries, wineries, distilleries, and other really unique places to camp. And the idea is uh, there's over 10 million RVs in the country and there's 26,000 traditional campgrounds. And I'd say about 25,499 of those are pretty boring. And, uh, and so Harvest Host cr- provides a kind of unique experience to stay on really you know, cool locations.
0: So I've read a little bit about your background and I don't want to put you on the spot about where you came from, but it looks like you have a background in technology. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and where you came from?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it does. Surprisingly, it ties together. (laughs) So I started a video technology company on the East Coast uh, called Storyblocks. And um, it's a stock video, uh, stock photo production music company. Grew that to a pretty large size. You've got a couple hundred thousand paying members uh, in the creative space. And in building that company, I got a little burned out. Um, you know, I was working out of a cubicle in the city and longing for the open road as an escape. And so I actually bought an RV kind of on a whim uh, one day. I was like, you know, I need to just get out and clear my head. I want to just drive and keep driving. And it turned into this kind of lifelong passion. Uh, I've now RV'd through all the lower 48 states. And had a blast doing it, and you know, on one of those trips, the, you know, I was basically like, "Man, the country is so diverse. There's so many cool places. So many farms and breweries that are popping up. Why can't I stay on these awesome locations instead of you know, in these parking lots?" So yeah, I went from technology to Harvest Toast, which, by the way, is I, I'm also trying to make a very technology-enabled company, um, and there's a lot of similarities: subscription-based, um, you know, membership program, but But uh, definitely different from my old job.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to ask you: is how do you think that technology can enhance the outdoors? There's a there's a mindset of a a small group of people probably that all technology should be left at home when you go outside, right? It's we're gonna. I go outside to escape technology. I I I don't want to bring it with me, but I'm not in that mindset, you know. And I think it's really interesting with your background, especially coming from kind of the big city. Where does technology, their What is its place in the outdoors?
1: So, man, this is a great question because it's, I'd say it's like <clears throat> highly debated, right? A lot of people, purists would say, go to the mountains, get rid of all your technology, enjoy the outdoors. Um, I think that that's just not the reality for most of us, though. Because for, for me to be able to go enjoy the outdoors, I have to stay connected in order to keep my job going. <laughs> and I think with a lot of younger people these days, that's the case. Like technology, interestingly enough, becomes an enabler to allow us to get outside and go exploring. Nobody knows we're off the grid. I mean, I'm talking to you right now from my RV in the middle of Utah sure. and I'm using a cell phone connection to do a video interview. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> and, and like a couple of years ago I would have had to be at home, you know, locked away in a cubicle. So I, I personally think technology can be an enabler to get us into the uh, you know, out, you know, open spaces. You can obviously go too far and then ruin the experience by staying on your device, but it's a balance.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. One of our favorite things to bring when we hit the road, either as you know, 50 campfires or even as a family, is music, right? I think that music is one of those things that brings everyone together, and I have to bring technology, and then all of a sudden I've got maps, and I've got all these things that even if I'm not sitting there staring at my phone cruising Facebook or whatever, technology makes the outdoor experience better. And I think it's Identify. great to see a platform like yours. that's really trying to bridge that gap between identifying and finding great outdoor places and allowing people access to them. So based on your opinion, and it sounds like you've traveled all over the country. and I, I do want to talk about harvest Host, but I want to ask in your opinion, what do you think is missing from the, the current RV experience? Like what's the thing that's so blatantly obvious to you? That's like, man, why isn't someone doing this? Or people could have such a better experience if they had this one thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so I think first, and this is the reason that I got involved with Harvest Hosts. The thing that was missing for me were unique overnight experiences because during the day, and I'll use as an example, last couple of weeks I've been driving through the Southwest. So you're driving through like last weekend I was in Monument Valley, Utah, You drive through these incredible like Martian landscapes. You see hardly any other people and you feel totally free, like you really feel vast. And then you get to a campground and that like illusion of vast freedom gets crushed. And there's like a hundred other people 10 feet away from you. So for me, what was missing was the piece that would keep me feeling free. And, and that's what Harvest Hosts enabled, um, you know, and, and aside from plugging my own product, I think, um, I think cooler units, Right. Like I think in the, in the past, you look at RVs, you think, you know, they're for old people. Right. They're designed with ugly interiors. They're boxy. They're not sexy. And that's changing. Right. There's companies now creating these really cool trailers and tow behinds, teardrops, pop up campers, um, things that kind of bridge the gap between being in a tent, which you can't do everywhere. Right. Um, and being in some class, A million dollar rig. Like there's a cool, happy medium. I think that more and more people need to focus on that. You know, I
0: got into a conversation with an RV manufacturer. It was probably about a year ago now. And I said, I think the easiest job in the world would be the guy that picks the patterns for all of the interior <laughs> of RVs. Because it doesn't seem like he's done anything in like two decades.
1: Not only the interiors, the exteriors. Every one of the exteriors, it's like Nike swooshes all over the place. Yes. Like it's like one guy created a design and every manufacturer uses it. Right. They all licensed it.
0: and Now they're just going <laughs> to keep going with it. Yeah. So it sounds like you're kind of plugging into the, the sharing economy, you know, on par with maybe Airbnb or Uber or even you know bike sharing that's popped up in all the cities. Uh, you've got a model that's forty nine dollars a year to become part of Harvest or to become a member of Harvest Hosts. What does someone get for that forty nine bucks?
1: Yeah, so um, forty nine dollars gets you unlimited access to um, overnight camping at all of our six hundred and like twenty three hosts. Wow. And there's no charge. Yeah, there's no charge. So, so as an example, I'm currently on a farm in Utah. Um, but the idea is we have a code of conduct. You know, you're saving probably 50 to 100 dollars a night off a traditional campground. We encourage you to support the local business that you're staying with. Got and so we we last night went in and we bought some candy apples, some plums, cantaloupe, uh, fresh apples. I mean, just all kinds of great produce from this farm right? A ton of great produce. And I think it was like 25 bucks. So I basically, I still saved $25 yet. I got $25 worth of great produce and supported, you know, the Rowleys. So to your point about the sharing economy, I think harvest hosts is kind of this two way street where our our members benefit, because let's be honest, the price is kind of a joke, but they also give back to the small businesses they visit. And I think that's cool. Sure. So,
0: You know, it sounds really miserable to have to support a local distillery or brewery. You've got a really tough job going on there.
1: I'll tell you, I'm drinking more wine now than ever, which is good because I hear the antioxidants are going to keep me alive forever.
0: Yeah, It's like like the fountain of youth you've discovered there. That's right. So you had talked about kind of this illusion of traveling through, you know, wide open spaces and then ending up in a, uh, you know, a jammed RV park. What does availability look like with within you know kind of your network of hosts is this something we have to book early is there enough room for everyone that wants to be able to take advantage what how does that end up looking
1: yeah so right now there's plenty of room um we uh I actually just polled all the hosts to ask them about their occupancy and whether they were overfilled underfilled all of them said we could take more traffic and and right now surprisingly like where I am right now uh it's pretty accessible place in Utah and I'm the only one staying here so it's literally me on a farm with nobody else. Sure. And I think, you know, this year I've stayed at about five or six locations with the exception of one other night, I was the only rig. So so we have plenty of room right now in the network. As we grow it and as we grow membership, we're also working to grow the host side just as quickly so that we never have a problem with oversaturation. Because you, to your point, like that that's, the idea is not to, have to fill a, you know, fill a farm with a ton of RVs. We want to feel free. So we typically have a maximum of two to four per night on a location. So you're always, you're always feeling a little elbow room.
0: Well, that really leads into a great question. So, you know, if you're trying to attract more hosts, what's in it for the host? What, you know, how do they see the
1: value? Yeah. So luckily we've got a track record now that's very positive. um, And the hosts, I basically tell them to talk to other hosts and ask them how their experience has been. But for the hosts, they, I mean, this is what came directly from the survey. They love meeting new people. So it's, it's nice to like meet new people and share their like farm um, or, you know, whatever their experience is. But it also brings in business. And, and so that, at the end of the day, we're making hosts money. They don't pay a dime to be in the program. So the host only benefits And that's what we always tell them, you know, as long as you feel like you're benefiting from the program, you know, stay a host. The minute you feel like you're not benefiting, then, you know, don't feel obligated to host our viewers. So, you know, if
0: that's how you're growing the hosts, what does your membership base look like? Is that, is that growing as well?
1: It is. Yeah. So July was our largest, um, month for membership signups in history. And August is, thank you. Yeah. And August is off to the same, um, record. So, um, we're, yeah, it's it's growing very quickly. And I think that there's, you know, there's tailwinds in the industry. I think a lot of uh, the younger generation, the millennial generation, and the older generation is finding the great American road trip to be very tr- attractive right now. Um, so that's certainly helping us. But we're also bringing um, a new level of marketing and advertising to the program that it hasn't seen before.
0: So you talked about, you know, millennials, and I think it's, I think it's fascinating that RVing is growing with the millennial audience, right? That this is, you know, the, maybe the path that their parents took of putting down roots and figuring out what that next step looked like is, is different. Are you really seeing that much of an increase in, in millennial traffic to membership or even out on the open road?
1: Yes. Um, so I was just reading some stats. So the, the RV industry, uh, shipments of actual RV units uh, is the highest um, this year that it's ever been. Last year was the highest it was, had it ever been. It's growing very quickly, and the, the number one reason for that are towable units. So trailers and pull-behinds, Airstreams and the like, are up like 200% in the last few years. And a lot of that's driven by younger people, right? So younger audiences who don't want a big, clunky, expensive drivable. They wanna grab an Airstream, pull it behind them. So I think what's changed is the younger generation's finally accepting that RVing is cool right? Like, there's always a stigma that it wasn't cool. But if you stop and think about it, it was a dumb stigma. Like, what's not cool about being able to hit the open road, find unique places in America that you can't get to by airplane? Uh, Like, everything about it's cool.
0: (laughs) Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, that's something that we constantly preach is, especially when you're talking about camping in America, people that haven't camped in the last since since they were a kid, or have never camped, had this perception of what camping looks like, and it's often in this woody station wagon singing "Kumbaya" around a campfire, <laughs> and not realizing what what a modern camping experience looks like. So that's, I mean, that you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, yep. So uh, is is Harvest hosts only for RVs? I'm I'm sure I'm going to get the question: Can can people go camp on one of these farms or at one of these breweries or? Is it, is it strictly limited to people pulling or driving an RV?
1: Yes, so for right now, the answer is unfortunately yes. Um, well, unfortunately for tent campers. The reason being, the, uh, the hosts do not provide facilities a lot of times, right? So they don't necessarily, I mean, a lot of them have bathrooms, but, but we, we're trying to provide a um, self-contained experience. So we tell the hosts, our members will show up, they're gonna have a bathroom, a kitchen, a sink, they're not going to have to mess up your property or use any of your facilities.
0: Sure, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and so that doesn't work for tents right now, but I think, I mean, I, so I'm a big tent camper and backpacker. I would love to find ways to expand the program in the future, but for now it's focused on the RV segment.
0: Sure, cool. So I'm sure people ask you all the time, what is your favorite place to to pull your RV at? You've got access to all these yeah. great locations. Personally, can you give us a handful of, you know, I understand the categories of being the the wineries and the breweries and the farms, but what's 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 a highlight for you?
1: Yeah, so well, I will say there's something really nice about driving a long day, like a you know a five six hour day, listening to a great book on tape, uh, and then winding up at a at a winery where you go in and guilt free taste a bunch of wines and know you don't have to drive anywhere. Right. I mean, I, I've I've crawled back to my RV a couple of times while supporting the hosts, of course. Oh,
0: sure, <laughs> you've got to support them.
1: Got to support them. So, uh, no, so I, you know, there, there's something about the winery experience that I really like. They're always so scenic and nice settings. But I think the other thing about RVing is finding locations that surprise you. And so, obviously, I like going to the national parks. They're great, but I know they're gonna be great. I like it when we go somewhere like Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and I'm, like, shocked, right? I mean, I'm, we were driving through Arkansas, my wife and I, a couple years ago, and we had no idea what Arkansas was, right? We, like, we'd never been there. We thought flat state. All of a sudden, you get into the Ozarks, and everything changes. Totally and we so. came across this little town. Yeah, you come across this little town, Eureka Springs. It's all of these, like, painted houses, right? These beautiful houses, and then hundreds of bikers and biker bars. The right. craziest, like, it's the craziest, craziest juxtaposition. And like, to me, that that's what I like. is stumbling on something I didn't expect and uh, finding it, an experience that's truly unique.
0: I think you brought up an interesting point with with the national parks as well. And it's something that we've been preaching for the last few years. And it's, I, I believe that all Americans should go visit the national parks. I believe you should see the national parks. I believe that they're there for us to to appreciate and and use. However, I feel that, there's obviously a need for programs like you're offering because we're also loving the national parks to death, right? There's just, there's not enough funding. There's not enough space. And with the growing number of people that want to be able to get outside and appreciate the outdoors, there has to be other solutions presented other than national parks are really not necessarily accessible, but they're being presented to people. So it's, it's perceived that that's one of the only options. Whereas an option like yours, where if you can present it to people and show them a path of how to get there, you know, it, it just opens up even more outdoor experiences for people.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I'll use Colorado as an example. Rocky Mountain National Park is beautiful, but it's super crowded and packed. And that's the common complaint is like you're with a billion other people, but it honestly, Rocky Mountain National Park's just like a lot of the other parts of Colorado and the Rocky Mountains. So why not avoid all that? noise and go find the same experience without a billion people
0: you, you hit the nail on the head we were actually in rocky mountain national park maybe a month ago and we decided to get into the park we went for a, a, a hike in the in the park and got in around 6 a.m and on our way out of the park the the line to get in must have been five miles long of people that were just yeah. dead stopped in traffic and i use the, it's the, kind of the same analogy if you had a, a cabin up north i'm in minnesota and Cabin culture is a big thing, right? You get out of work at five p.m. on Friday, only to sit in the line of traffic to be able to go relax, and then at the end of the weekend, sit in a line of traffic once you're quote relaxed, yeah, you know, to, right. to just do it all over again. So yeah, ruins the
1: experience. Yeah,
0: totally does. So what do you think? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna wrap it up here. But what do you think the the next big thing in in RVing or camping is going to be? And I I'm sure you'd love to say you, but what's, what's, what's next?
1: Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a continuation of making RVing and camping cool. And, and, uh, and and a big part of that's just changing, um, the inputs, right. Making RVs smaller, making them less uh, expensive, uh, making them less Nike swoosh on the outside, lots of Browns and tans inside, right? Like there just hasn't been a reinvention. A long time of the RV world specifically, and there should be, right? And and so, and probably the same thing with camping. I mean, I think glamping is becoming popular as a nice, like like tents have been around forever. I love my REI tent, but there's now really cool car camping, and, and some people are creating cool units. So I think that's it. I think the future is um we look back on right now as the beginning of an evolution of the camping industry and just like every other part of our economy has gone through a tech uh, innovation and evolution, I think that's gonna hit camping and RVing.
0: (laughs) I love Joel's point. We're really at the beginning of an evolution in the camping industry. Just take a look at any other enthusiast activity and you'll quickly see that they've been evolving just to catch up with their participants. I really hope that you'll take time to check out Harvest Hosts and their network of RV sites around the country. For more information on them, visit harvesthosts.com. For more tips, tricks, recipes, gear reviews, and more, visit us at 50campfires.com. Also, please subscribe and rate the 50 Campfires Daily Outdoor Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. We'll see you next time.